Hi there, I'm Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries. Welcome to our podcast and YouTube channel where we talk about conquering codependency God's way. You know, for years, I was unaware of my codependency struggle because it flew right under the radar of my confused Christianity and controlling tendencies to find love. But when God brought an awareness and an unraveling of codependency that would open my arms to real intimacy with Him, everything changed. Now, I'm not a psychologist or a therapist. Don't expect an expert on this channel. I don't even have a seminary degree. But I am a woman that found freedom from codependency through God dependency. And now I'm passionate about sharing this with others. So join me as we discover truth, experience freedom, and live treasured. a two-part teaching series um, about how to release your need to rescue those that you love so that they can rise up to their full potential. And in our first video, I talked about the four reasons why codependents um, rescue more than others do to the point where we are um, in an unhealthy balance in that situation and how it prevents um, other people that we're trying to help really to become all that God created uh, them to be. And then I talked about the first step in how you start creating new patterns in your life. And the first thing that we talked about last week was prayer, was really thinking through the things that you can control and that you can't control. And you know, one thing that we cannot control is somebody's will to change. Are they going to change? Are they going to rise up and to do what God has called them to do? And so we can't control that. Can we, um, you know, get somebody to stop being addicted to alcohol? Can we stop somebody from uh, being a narcissist? Um, you know, we don't have the power to do that. But what we can do is to pray. And prayer really helps. Number one, um, and we talked about this in the first video, prayer will help you to discern what your role is inside of this process. As codependents, we love a checklist. We want an absolute we want, okay, what steps do I do in this? And the truth about it is, is that when you walk with God, it is a walk. It's not a checklist. And that just like God gave Moses a different battle plan when he fought the Amaleks versus when he had to face Pharaoh's army. Um, when he, and when he had to face Pharaoh's army, God said, you stand still and you watch me fight. This time around when the Israelites were attacked, um, God told them to fight. And so there's going to be different plans that God gives us for each scenario. It's the same Holy Spirit, different situations, different instructions. And so if we will not 
step in and do the same thing that we always do or step in and fix or step in from this place of I know exactly what to do in this situation. You know, it's really humility that says I'm going to ask God first. So prayer will give us direction on the role that God wants us to take. And also prayer gives us something to do instead of rescuing. Okay, if we're going to leave a life of codependency, we have to not just leave something, we have to replace it with something, right? And so in our videos, what we teach is that to leave codependency, you have to build God dependency and prayer is a part of that process. And so I talked about how when you're watching someone that you love um, fight a battle and your hands are tied to fix the situation, that um, you can find courage to let go of those that you love by trusting in God's power to do his perfect work. And the first step in that um, is to pray. Now I've been teaching um, this from, from Exodus chapter 17 verses um, 8 through 16 where we see that Moses and the Israelites are attacked um, and that Moses commands Joshua to go out and to fight the battle and he says, I'm going to go up on the hill. And he takes his staff and he raises his hands. And that's a picture of Moses stepping back and praying and letting Joshua go out um, to fight uh, this battle. And see, um, when we rely on God in prayer, it releases his power. And as long as Moses was praying... The, the result was victory. And oftentimes we falsely believe that we've got to be doing something, we've got to be fixing something. But if you are watching somebody that you love fight a battle, like one of your children um, or somebody that you love, as a codependent, you may want to step in. But the first is a step back and it is to pray. Prayer declares dependence upon God and it gives us hope. And it is also the way that we release the people and the things that we cannot control. Now, think about this. Think about it from this perspective. The Israelites just left Pharaoh. They left their life of, uh, of, of slavery and being under Pharaoh's control. And, you know, that is a miserable way to live. And we don't want other people to, to live this way. And so our habit of fixing others, we've got to stop that. We've got to see the wasted energy in that. And you need to take your energy and put it in, in a better uh, direction. All right. So that's the first thing. The second thing is um, that when we delegate responsibility, we release others to rise to their full potential, okay? So Joshua is released to go fight this, this battle. Moses delegated that job to him. And the reason why uh, he did that was because Moses was the shepherd, Joshua was the warrior, 
And in the promised land, Joshua was going to be the one that would lead the Israelites into battle. Now, Moses may not have known every single detail about that, but I believe that Moses knew what God wanted him to do. And, um, you know, when we are um, used to rescuing others, we will be the most dependable people, like picking up and doing everything instead of delegating things uh, out. And so this battle that Joshua fought, it was preparation for his promised land purpose. Now, inside of the promised land in the book of Joshua, you see that Joshua fought battle after battle after battle after battle. But in these um, earlier days, God was going to present these obstacles before him so that Joshua could learn what to do when to fight a battle. And God will do the same thing for us, the same thing for our children, the same thing for those that we love. And if we step in and try to rescue, it can intercept what God is trying to build. What if we saw things differently? What if we saw the hardships in our life, the hardships in our children's life as a good thing, as something that was there to build their full potential, to prepare them and, and listen to what happened. Um, so the Israelites have been uh, attacked um, Moses sends Joshua out in battle. Moses is not going to battle with him, right? He's delegating that to him. He goes back up on the top of the hill. He um, holds the staff of God in his hand. So Moses, so Joshua did what Moses commanded him and fought the battle. And meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of the hill nearby. And as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. They stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. So as the result, not of Moses stepping in and saving the day, as a result of, um, you know, Moses not keeping Joshua from the battle, but letting him fight the battle and then praying for him, victory resulted. And that's really the end game that we want. And really a lot of times when we're loving and fixing and trying to help our kids, we really want what's just best for them, but sometimes what's best for them is to walk through a battle. And it can be hard, but through prayer, we can have hope. And we can also, you know, see that as an opportunity to keep our hands down so we don't just step in and try to do what God uh, wants to do. Now, the other part of this that I want you to see, which is so important, is that um, 
Moses uh, got tired. And when he got tired, he accepted uh, help from Aaron and her, and they would lift up his hands. And you know something, um, another part of this equation, right? Like when we want to be the rescuers, when we get our identity and worth out of that, is that even in prayer that we can become weary, and that we need to accept help from others uh, too. When I let go of self-reliance and accept help in the battle to work with others for a common goal, I find that battles not only build my faith, they bring me together with others in, uh, in a healthy Way And so when you feel vulnerable, when you feel like you are running out of faith, and maybe it is that you have a child with addiction, you have a marriage that is just hanging on by a thread, and there are some days where you just can't even pray, that's when you need to reach out and ask others to pray for you. And when other people ask you, what can you do? What can I do to help in this situation? You know, one of the best things that we can do for others is pray and to ask people to pray for us. And even to say to people when they say that, you know, can I take your number? Can I text you? And when I feel at the end of my rope, ask you to pray. Now that's a vulnerable place to be, right? especially for our self-reliant codependent. We are self-reliant souls. That's how we survived. And receiving that help from others, right? Like when we want to be the ones helping. Another reason why we want to be the rescuers and the helpers is because we feel more secure in that. It is in receiving help that we feel vulnerable. And Moses, with his hands up, he was in a vulnerable position. But his good friends came alongside and they didn't try to fix it. They didn't criticize him. They just prayed alongside him. Who can you ask to come and pray alongside of you for that loved one that is going through uh, his, his, uh, his or her hard time? And see, here's the thing. If we will remember those three things, to rely on God in prayer, to delegate that responsibility, you know, to know that there are some battles that our children will have to face. There are some things that you cannot do. Only that person can do. Only that person can choose to change. Only that you cannot make them change. You have to decide what it is that you have control of, what you don't have control of. And so delegating that responsibility. And sometimes that's something that we even have to sift through in our thinking. In other words, we say to ourselves, this is what is my responsibility and this is what's not my responsibility. And if you consistently have to build somebody up, right, if they can't encourage themselves, right, in the Lord, you know, you want to get your children to the place where they are relying on God for that, not just for you. And if you have become that person, it might be time for you to pull back. 
and it might be time for you uh, uh, to pray um, instead of trying to rescue and be the rescuer. And see, here's the thing. When God does his perfect work like he did in the battle of Amalekites where Joshua had the victory, those that we love will understand that God is the real rescue. It was this little battle here in the beginning days of the wilderness that was teaching Joshua by experience that God would help him lead others in battle, that God would be his defender. And one day, Moses was not going to be with Joshua. Joshua would have to lead them into the promised land to fight battles, and Moses would pass away into glory. And Joshua would have this experience to rest on for the rest of his life. It would be, quote-unquote, his victory in the Lord. It would build confidence so that he would know, you know what? I don't need Moses. I don't, I can do this with just God. And that is what we want for the people that we love. That is what God wants for you. And that is why part of your wilderness experiences, when you are walking away from codependency into the promised land, is that you will experience these situations where your hands are tied and you cannot fix somebody that is in a bad situation. And from a codependent perspective, this shakes your faith. But from a God-dependency perspective, it will shape and build your faith. You see, pride is what prevents us from walking in God's power. And when we see rescuing others as what it is, it is pride, right? It is, I want to be the hero. I want to be the rescuer. It is, we are not walking in, uh, in God's power. And you know what? Life is hard. We will face battles. You know, just because you left that unhealthy relationship doesn't mean that you're not going to face battles. Just because the Israelites left Pharaoh didn't mean they didn't face battles uh, inside of the wilderness. And when we face battles, the battles can make us feel powerless. And the enemy wants us to say, you know what? God must have taken the day off, right? Because he told us to leave Pharaoh, we did, but now there's a battle. And so because God didn't, I need to step in and I need to fix this, right? Or I need to be the one to be in control of everybody and everything, right? To, to step up. And, and so that self-reliance can rear its ugly head. But when we see the battles in our life, as not what will break us, but what will build our faith. Everything changes. You know what? You can walk away from that past pattern of rescuing others without any guilt, 
when you understand that in doing so, those that we love will discover that God is the real rescue. You know, sometimes letting go of those that we love is one of the most loving things to do. So now what do you do if you've been um, in a relationship where the pattern has been that you are the rescuer, right? I mean, there's a temptation, like when you figure out all this stuff and you're like, I'm gonna stop all this to just do this knee-jerk reaction. Um, and to maybe even just cut out that person, cut that person dry. And the truth about it is that we still want to help that person, right? But we want to do it biblically. And good leadership always leads other people to, to lean on God. And we see a lot of gems inside of this passage where Moses did this um, for Joshua. Now, one of the first things um, that God told Moses to do was to write everything down that would happen and to rehearse the rescue that God gave to them. So after the Israelites had experienced uh, the victory, listen to what the Lord says to Moses. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. Now, in one of the um, translations that I read, it said, and rehearse it aloud to Joshua. Now, when we rehearse something, we say it over and over and over again. And if you've been in a situation where somebody else, where they played the victim role and you were the rescuer, you're going to need to sort of take mental note of it yourself. And here's why you're going to need to do that. Because the next time that that person is in a situation and they call you looking for the rescue, you can tell them and remind them about God's faithfulness in the past. Um, and the, the way that you want to do that, the first thing that you want to do is you want to validate that they're in a hard situation, right? Like they're calling you in a panic for, for a reason and telling them to get over it, telling them to, you know, just that's probably not the way that you need to go. And so you want to start out with like, yeah, that, that is hard, right? I, you know, I know that you're feeling anxious about that. So that's the first step. But the second step is that you remind them of past victories. You say to them, you know what? You remember when you were faced with, and you remember how God came through with. You remember that. You've gotten through that with God's help yesterday. You can surely get through this today with God's help. Can I pray with you? And then you pray with them. So the first step is you validate the heart or you validate um, their anxiousness over it. Step number two is not to step in and fix or to give advice. Step number two is to rehearse in their ears past victory, right? So Moses would say to Joshua, Joshua, I know that there's going to be a lot of battles in the promised land and you might be freaking out. But you remember in that battle with the Amalekites, you remember how you 
fought that battle and you won, God helped you through that and he will help you through this. And then the third step is you say to that person, can I pray with you, right? And then you pray together. And by doing that, you haven't stepped in and tried to advise because really you want to um, prompt that person to depend on God, not necessarily on you, okay? So those are the three steps. Um, and then you can ask them questions about their past victory. You know, how did it feel when you were going into that battle? How did it feel after you won that battle? You know, God will do it again. He did it for you yesterday and he will do it for you again. God was faithful to you yesterday and he'll be faithful to you today. I know that you may feel powerless today, but God is there. And you just over and over and over again declare the truth to hear the truth. Now, sometimes you may actually need to do this for yourself. You may need to do this for yourself. If you get yourself into a situation where you feel powerless and you get scared and you feel like, you know, you, you want to put on that victim mentality, that is the time for you to reach back at old victories and, and preach to yourself and say, you know what, Eileen? I know you don't know which way to go, but do you remember how you cried out to God, Eileen, and you asked him, how am I going to fix this situation? And God answered, and you put one foot in front of the other, and then you were able, do you remember that, Eileen? Well, Eileen, God did it for you then, and he will do it for you today. And that is how you build God dependency. That is how that person builds God dependency. You build it in them. And that is what you want. You don't want that person to be solely um, dependent on you. That's codependency and we're walking away from that. And then the third thing is to remember the real rescue. To remember the real rescue. Now, just imagine when Joshua was fighting that battle. And maybe there was a part of Joshua that said to himself, you know what, where's Moses? Why did he go up on that hill? Like, I can't believe he left me here to fight this battle on my own and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But all Joshua had to do was look back up that hill and see Moses standing. And all you and I have to do is to remember the hill on Calvary where Christ gave his life. And in the midst of that, we can understand that as a child of God, battles do not break us. They will build us as we look to God to be our real rescue. And that is a victory that you can continue to rehearse in your ears and in the person that you're helping in their ears. Christ died for you. There is nothing that he wouldn't do for you. Because see, the enemy will try to convince us inside of these battles that God is not for us. 
And in that moment, you remind them. And if you're the one in the battle, you remind yourself that Christ died for you, that there is nothing he won't do for you. What battle are you facing? What lack are you experiencing? What loneliness is your heart walking through? What challenge do you not know how to navigate? The same God that loved you so much that he gave his one and only son is there to help you. The battles will not break you. They will not break those that you love. They are there to build faith. And when we see God as the real rescue, we can release others through prayer into his care so that they can rise to become all that God has created them to be. Music